few words that the Lord dropped into my spirit throughout this week, which I believe is a prophetic word for us this morning. Ephesians, pardon, uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, and Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. The Bible says in Ephesians 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Isaiah speaks of walking through adversities in life. And these adversities we'll see were experienced by the nation of Israel as they progressed toward their victory. Now Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. I want to speak this morning on the subject, a walking miracle. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the grace and power of the Holy Spirit among us. We thank you that our hearts are encouraged, that our spirit is full, and that we have witnessed the baptism of these men and women who've come forward to say yes to Christ. I pray now that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might be receptive hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Usually when we hear the phrase, a walking miracle, we're talking about somebody who has been near death or perhaps has gone into a severe crisis in their life and yet has returned to normal life and is walking in uh, the power of that healing or power of that deliverance. Uh, this morning I want to speak about a walking miracle, but it's a little different in the sense that I want to speak this morning to you about the miracle of endurance. You see, God has promised us that this year, Breakthrough will visit our home. How many of you believe that? How many of you have received that word? And this week, the Lord kept bringing back to my mind and my spirit this word concerning walking. And I believe it is because God is letting us know that the victory that's coming into your life is going to be a walking miracle. That things are going to happen, that victory is going to come, and you're going to walk into it. It's not something you're going to have to fight for or struggle with, but you're simply going to walk into it. How many of you are ready for that kind of victory? I'm talking about walking into a new job, walking into a new home for your family, walking into a season of peace, that God has a victory for you, God has breakthrough for you, and it's going to be as easy as walking. Now you see the Bible teaches us about walking and it says be careful how you walk. We uh, understand by science and studies that there are great benefits that come from walking. How many of you like to walk? Some of you will look for the closest parking spot near the door at Walmart so you don't have to walk 
Uh, some of you don't mind walking. Some of you enjoy walking the, the mall or walking a shopping center. I don't particularly enjoy that at all, but I do enjoy walking. I like walking through uh, the forest. I like taking a hike. I like going out and experiencing nature. But there's a great benefit that comes from walking. One of the benefits is that it increases circulation. And uh, this is true also in the spiritual life of the believer. That if you and I uh, will walk with God and we will experience daily and, uh, and participate daily in the habits of a faithful believer, that our spiritual circulation will also be better. A lot of people don't know how to pray because they don't pray very frequently. They don't know how to find a Bible verse because they don't study the scriptures very frequently. Or they don't know how to uh, get victory in certain areas of their life because they're not exercising the spiritual muscles that they need to be exercising. But you see, by simply walking in these things, by simply participating in the habits of belief, in the habits of faith, you can experience a greater spiritual health in your life. God has promised to you that if you will walk with him and if you will walk in his way that you can experience breakthrough in every area of your life. Many times we think of miracles as being a one-time event. But I want to just encourage you to think about the fact that every day you've spent walking with God has been a miracle in your life. The fact that you're still standing this morning, the fact that you haven't given up, that you haven't lost hope, that you're still strong, that you still believe, that you still are encouraged to fight on. That's a, an evidence of the fact that God is blessing your walks. Amen, somebody. And that miracle of endurance is not something to be overlooked. Because when you see a person who's walked with God for 50 years or someone who's walked with God for 60 years, you may ask, how did they do that? How did they do it? One step at a time, one day at a time, faithfully walking with God. So the Bible tells us, be careful how you walk. First of all, you need to be careful that you're walking in the path of God. You need to be careful that you're walking on the narrow path. Jesus said, broad is the way. That leads to destruction and many there be that find it. There is a path that you and I can walk on that is, uh, according to the world, easy street. It is broad. It is permissive. It allows you to do anything you want, to say anything you want, to think any way you want. And that path, the Bible says, leads to death. It is a path that leads to destruction. I hate to say it, but this morning, most of America is walking on that path. We live in a culture that moves quickly to the pace of a path that has ignored or forgotten God altogether. And the end of that way is destruction. For the Bible said there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Can I tell you, friend, there's another way. There is the path of righteousness. Jesus said, small is the door and narrow is the gate uh, uh, or narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it if you want to find life you need to find uh, you'll only find life on the path uh, that leads to Jesus oh, you'll only find life in walking with God that is where life begins that is where life is sustained and that is where eternal life can be found be careful how you walk. Maybe you were raised in church. 
You were raised in the faith, but you've strayed away. Your feet have strayed from the path of truth. This morning, I call you back in love and in the grace of God. Come back to Jesus. Come back to the Bible. Come back to the Word of God. This morning, I call America and say, America, come back. Come back to Jesus. Come back to God. Come back to the Word of God. Because that's the only way to have life. And it's the only way to have success in spiritual matters as well in the natural in this life. The Bible tells us to walk carefully because the days are evil. We live in days where we are constantly tempted to stray from the path of truth. There are so many messengers, so many messages, and so many opportunities to go the way of the world. And yet this way will lead to destruction. So God says, be careful how you walk. I want to just say to the young people here who maybe you say, preacher, I'm here because my parents brought me to church. I'm not really into this church thing. I'm not really into my parents praying for me or believing God that I'm going to be a Christian. Can I just tell you, friend, right where you are, you're in the safest place you could possibly be. To have a mom and a dad who pray for you and who believe God for you is a blessing. You're on the path that leads to life. Don't stray from that path. Don't stray from that road. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. God wants you to walk with him. You might say, preacher, if I walk with God, that life will be boring. That life will be mundane. That life will be empty. I, I have had people tell me that, especially in my youth. They told me, um, Isaac, uh, your life is so boring. And uh, they didn't know uh, what my life was really about. They just figured if I serve God, I must be bored all the time. That uh, if I serve God, I just sat in the house and twiddled my thumbs. What they didn't know is that by walking with God, he took me to 30 countries. He allowed me to walk on the Great Wall of China to see a Buckingham Palace. He allowed me to cross the Atlantic and the Pacific several times. He allowed me to navigate down the Amazon River. He allowed me to see things that some sinners were not sober enough to see. Because walking with God is a blessing. Come on, somebody. Walking with God is a joy, and it is a privilege, and it's available to you if you'll say yes to Jesus. If you'll say yes to him. What does Jesus say to you this morning? He says, come, follow me. When you walk this path, it may not be an easy path. It is a narrow path. It doesn't permit everything, but it is the path that leads to life. Now, the Bible says walk in wisdom. I want you to write that down, walk in wisdom. Everybody say, walk in wisdom. This encouragement this morning is to walk every day, steady, one step at a time, toward victory. To walk every day, one step at a time, toward the blessing that God has promised you. But in order to obtain that, you're going to need to walk in wisdom. He says, walk carefully, not as unwise, but as wise. What is wisdom? Wisdom is having information and also knowing what to do with the information. To have wisdom is to know what to do with what you know. There are many who know a lot, but they don't know how to use it. And God wants you to walk in wisdom. The Bible says that a wisdom uh, is, comes from God. God created the world in wisdom. And he wants you and I to share in his wisdom. In fact, he says, if any man lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, who gives it freely and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. This morning, you and I, if we want to walk in, in, in the victory that God has for us, must first learn to walk in wisdom, to know how to use words 
that are wise, to know how to solve problems with the wisdom of God, to know how to enter into a situation with the wisdom of God. And you see, when you let God teach you, he will indeed teach you and he'll guide you toward victory. He'll guide you toward the path that leads to life. You see, friend, when you and I go at it alone, there's not much wisdom in that. Our wisdom is based on our experience. It's based on our perspective. It's based on our education. But God's wisdom is based on his omniscience. He knows everything. He knows your past, your present, and your future. And if you will just talk to him, just ask him what to do in your life. Here's what the Bible says. You will hear a voice behind you saying, go to the right. Go to the left. This is the way. Walk in it. That's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the Almighty is available to you for the asking. You want to know what college to go to? Ask God. You want to know what job to take? Ask God. You want to know who to marry? Ask God. When you have the wisdom of God, you will walk in the blessing of God. Say amen, somebody. And you will walk securely when you walk in wisdom. Then Paul says to the Ephesians in Ephesians 5, 2, walk in love. Everyone say that, walk in love. God says if you want to walk toward victory, you're going to not only need to walk in wisdom, but you need to walk in love. You say, Pastor, what does love have to do with it? I just want to succeed in my life. I don't want to have to love everybody on the way. Uh, But you see, the Bible teaches us to walk in love because God is love. The very nature and character of God is love. I don't know if you know this this morning, but God loves you. God loves you. The Bible said God is love. His very nature is love. And he has said his love is his compassion and his grace upon you. This morning, he wants you to know that, that he loves you. He wants you to know that you can enjoy his love all the days of your life. You see, love is an important thing because the Bible says this, that if you say that you love God but don't love your brother, you don't even know God. It starts right there with being able to love the people around you. You say, Pastor, uh, if I were you, I could love people, but I can't love the people around me because you don't know how they hurt me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they failed me or disappointed me. No, friend, I don't. But I do know this, when you learn to walk in the love of God toward people, you will have freedom. And that freedom will bring joy into your life. When you are able to let go of the brokenness and the disappointments of other people and love them the way God loves them. By the power of God's love operating in your life, there's great freedom in that. The Bible also says that faith works through love. That means that the faith that you need in order to experience victory in your life only comes as you live a life of love, as you walk in love toward God and toward other people. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the commands of God which will set you free to live in the fullness and blessing of God all the days of your life. God's love toward you. Is, is so rich, so full, and so vast that it will, it will overflow your life into other people. He'll give you love for other people. He'll give you love for the unlovable and compassion for those who have hurt you and disappointed you. He says walk in love because when you walk in love, you walk in a safe place. You walk in the very heart of God. 
Then Ephesians 5, 8, he says, walk in the light. Say that with me, walk in the light. Now God says the walk toward victory is a walk in the light. You know you and I were born in the darkness. We were born without hope and without God in the world. We're born into sin. And that means we're born in the darkness. Our mind is dark. Dark toward God. Dark toward the truth. And dark toward the wisdom of the word of God. But God has provided light. First of all, he provided his word. The Bible said the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. And a light unto our path. If you want to walk straight. If you want to walk toward success. If you want to walk toward life. You have to walk in the light. God has provided that light in the Bible. He's provided that light in the Word. But He's also provided that light in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. For Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he who walks in me will never walk in darkness. If you will walk in Jesus, if you'll walk with Christ, friend, you will have the light of life. That's what the Bible says. You'll have the light of God in your life. Do you know that when you walk in light, you walk securely? When you walk in light, you walk safely. The Bible said that he who walks in integrity walks securely. That means you walk in light. If you don't lie, you don't have to worry about getting caught lying. Say amen, somebody. Isn't that amazing? Just that easy. If you don't steal, you don't have to worry about being caught stealing. And so you walk in the light and you walk securely. You walk in a safe place. But you know what another benefit is to walking in the light? Is that when you walk in the light, that means you bring what's hidden, what's dark and dirty of your life, you bring it out and you confess it to God. You're walking in the light. You say, Pastor, I don't want to bring out what's dark and dirty in my life. Friend, the only way to heal what's dark and dirty in your life is to bring it into the light of God. To bring it to Him. Not to bring it to everybody else. We don't all need to know what's going on in your heart and your life. But God wants to hear it from you. And when you confess it, when you expose it to the light, now it can be healed. Now it can be mended. Now it can be restored. David said, my bones rotted within me until I confessed. What is David saying? So long as I kept those dark and dirty, shameful things in my heart to myself, and I carried them around, they became a weight to me. They rotted out my bones. They destroyed my mind, my soul, my conscience. I lived in constant fear, in constant uh, uh, guilt. But then he said, I brought it to God. I confessed it. And the moment he confesses it, healing comes to his body. Healing comes to his mind. Peace comes to his mind. Because when you confess your sin to God, you bring out those shameful things and you expose them to the light. God says, I'll forgive you. I will put them in the deepest, darkest part of the sea, never to be remembered against you again. I'll give you a fresh start and a new life. And the devil himself will not be able to accuse you any longer of those things. Come on, somebody. The Bible says... Who can bring any charges against God's elect? What does that mean? That means that once you have put it in the light, once you have confessed to God, the charges can no longer be brought against you about that past. You no longer have to carry the shame of it because God has dealt with it once and for all. Say it again. Walk in the light. Jesus is the light. When you bring your sin to him, he'll wash it away. He'll cleanse you. And he'll make you new. Anybody in here been washed clean? Has anybody in here experienced the healing power of confession and repentance? 
Friend, if you will walk in that every day of your life, you'll live a life that is full and a life that is safe as you walk in integrity before God. This walk is a daily walk. God told the people of Israel, I'm going to give you the promised land, but I'm going to give it to you little by little, step by step. Why? Well, the promised land was much bigger than they could possibly possess all at once. And so he said to them, if I give you all the land at once, the wild beasts are going to take over the land. And you won't be able to cultivate the land because it'll be full of thorns and brush, just like here in South Texas. You understand what I'm talking about. So he says, I'm going to give it to you little by little. I'm going to give you as much as you can handle in every particular season of your life. And this way, you will increase and be able to control or dominate the things I give you and not lose them, not miss out on them. He said, and meanwhile... The Canaanites are going to cultivate your fields, and they're going to build their, your houses, and they're going to dig your wells. In other words, by the time you arrive, those things will already be taken care of. Say amen, somebody, because I'm going to give you as much as you can handle now, but I'm already preparing your future. I'm already going into the land ahead of you to make a way for you. All you have to do is stay with me step by step. And that's the walking miracle. When you learn to walk with God step by step, day by day, it is in the, in the uh, endurance of this race that you and I will win. It is in the endurance, in the daily walk with God that you and I experience breakthrough and victory in every area of our life. Listen, God can't help you if you stop. God can't help you if you quit. If you decide, Pastor, I'm discouraged. I can't go on any longer. God says to you, that's as far as you can go and that's as much as I can give you. But if you will say, I'm going to take a step every day, even if it's a baby step, even if it's a small step, I'm going to move on toward what God has for me. You can experience the walking miracle and experience the full blessing and provision of God. What do we read this morning? The prophet Isaiah says, when you walk through or when you pass through the waters, they will not overtake you. I want you to notice this. God's talking about the nation of Israel. They were in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years they were under the bondage of Pharaoh. They allowed uh, for 400 years Pharaoh to steal from them their labor and the fruit of their labor. They experienced this bondage because they were sent there by the will of God. It was the place God had sent them, but it wasn't their permanent location. Finally, the Bible said that it came time for them to leave. And do you know what Exodus chapter uh, 12 verse 37 says? It says that they walked out of Egypt. How did they walk? How did they get out of Egypt? They walked out of Egypt. You see how easy that is? They were slaves for 400 years. But when God gave the word, they were able to walk out of Egypt. The thing that they couldn't fight their way out of, the thing they couldn't push their way out of, they simply walked out of because they, were, they had received a word from God. They had received the delivering power and timing of the Almighty God. They arrived to the edge of the dead of the Red Sea. 
And the scripture tells us that when they arrive at the Red Sea, they have the sea in front of them, they have the mountains beside them, and they have Pharaoh behind them. Pharaoh is coming to take back what he thinks belongs to him. And so the people start to panic. And they say to Moses and to God, why have you brought us out here to die? They had walked to the edge of the Red Sea. They thought they were at a dead end. But they didn't know that their God was bigger. And so long as they would just keep walking, God would be with them. Say amen, somebody. And so Moses goes to God. He says, God, what should I do? Have you ever gone to God like that? Say, God, what should I do if you don't work in this way, these people are going to stone me. This is going to be the end of my ministry and the end of us because Pharaoh is right behind us. What was God's word to Moses? Go forward. Say that with me this morning. Go forward. God's message to you is simple. Go forward. Have you come up against the Red Sea? Have you come up against the sea of discouragement and fear? Have you come up against the anxieties of, of the in, uh, enemy's intimidation? God's word is simple. Go forward. You can't stop here. You can't stop now. God says go forward. Come on, somebody. You have to take a step forward. And he says... That when you go forward, he's going to be with you so that the waters will not overtake you. Well, Moses raised up his staff over the, the Red Sea. And when he did that, the Bible said that sea parted and the people walked across the, the Red Sea on dry ground. They crossed into their freedom. They left Egypt and walked into freedom as they went forward. As they walked toward the victory side of the Red Sea, they were reminded that their God had made a promise to them. And your God has made a promise to you. When you walk through the waters, they will not overflow you. But guess what? You have to walk through them. I say you have to walk through them. You can't stay in Egypt. You have to make up your mind, I'm going to walk. I'm going to take Today's step. I'm going to obey God today. I'm going to go forward. They entered into the victory side of the Red Sea. And now they were out of Egypt, but they were not yet in the promised land. God didn't just promise to bring you out. He promised to bring you in. Say amen, somebody. And so we read that God said to Joshua, who is their leader, 40 years later, he says every place... The sole of your foot treads will become yours. What is he saying to Joshua? Every place that you will walk, I'll give to you. Say amen, somebody. Because God is telling you, this is, this is simple. It's just a daily walk with God. It's just a daily commitment to obey God. Every place that you will obey God, God says, I will give to you. I will give you possession of it. Well, the Bible tells us that God told Joshua, you're going to cross the Jordan River. Now, if you're not too familiar with Israel's geography, I'll just explain this to you real quick. Israel only gets rain twice a year. They have an early rain and a late rain. They call it the early and the latter rain in the Bible. And in the middle of the nation, there's a river, the River Jordan, that flows through that land and irrigates the land the rest of the year. Well, during the dry time of the year, you can practically, you could practically walk across the Jordan River like you would a small brook or creek. No big difficulty. But 
during the rainy season, the river would, would crest and it would overflow its banks up to a mile wide. Now, I want you to just think about a mile wide river. Which time of year do you think God told Joshua to cross in to the promised land? Well, I would hope that it would be when the brook is dry and when I can just walk straight across. Not God. He decides you're going to cross into the promised land when the river is a mile wide. Now, how many of you know you don't get into floodwaters? It's dangerous business. You don't know what's in there. There's a strong current. And that river is a mile wide. When I was in the Amazon, we were uh, traveling by night. And there was, we were in the middle of a storm. And the missionary came over. He said to me, this is very dangerous. I said, really? I, I figured. And uh, the reason it was so dangerous is we were in the middle of, a, of the river at a mile wide. And he said, look, if the boat sinks, just swim the one side or the other. I thought, well, that's easy. Just swim for half a mile? What are you talking about? That's going to be the end of my ministry right there if this boat goes down. Why would God choose to have them cross the river at a mile wide? Because, friends, if they had done it when the river was low, they would have said, look how we did that. We just walked in here uh, in a leap and a bound. But God brings them in when they can't do it. So that the glory will be of him and not of man. So that the glory will belong to him as they have a miracle given by his hand. Come on, somebody. So the scripture says that the priests put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And they began to walk toward the Jordan. And the Lord said uh, to Joshua, you're going to cross this Jordan. You're not going to cross that dry Jordan. You're going to cross this Jordan. This Jordan that's scary, that's intimidating, that's staring you down. This is the Jordan you're going to cross. Listen, God's talking to you this morning. He's saying, this is the Jordan you're going to cross. This is the time you're going to, bring, you're going to come in. Not when it's easy, but when it looks hard and impossible. Because I'm going to show up and show off in your life. Come on, somebody. I'm going to bring deliverance and breakthrough in a place you think is impossible. And they came to that Jordan. And the scripture said that the moment the sole of their foot touched the waters of the Jordan, that that river stopped flowing upstream, and the, the banks and the, the ground beneath that river dried up, and the people of Israel entered into the promised land on dry ground. They walked in to their promised land. Why? Because they came to that river and were willing to take the step and say, God will show up when I walk. God will show up when I obey. God will show up when I show up. Come on, somebody. You're standing on the edge of your miracle. And God is saying, take a step forward. I'm going to be there to support you and to bring you through. How did they get into the promised land? Walking. How are you going to get into the promised land? Walking. One step at a time. Some of you want God to put you on a catapult and just throw you into your future. God said, no, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to give you this one step at a time. Say amen, somebody. Because when you cross rivers, they will not drown you. That's one more promise here. He says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Well, the Bible tells us about three Israelites, three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were Jewish boys in Babylon. 
They were in a culture that worshipped foreign gods. They were far from home, far from mom and dad, far from the temple, far from every form of Jewish tradition they knew. But they were still on the path. They met somebody. You see, you can serve God in a wicked world. You can serve God in a lost culture. The king, the Bible says King Nebuchadnezzar built an image and he commanded the entire world uh, of the Babylonian world to worship that image. And he brought them to a great feast day. And he had all of that multitude there. And he said to them, when you hear the music, you're going to bow down and worship this image. Well, the music played and all of Babylon fell to its knees except three young men. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because while that uh, king had given his edict, they had higher orders. They had orders from the Almighty God who said, You shall have no other God before me, and you shall make no graven image. And so they understood we cannot serve this Babylonian God no matter what the king says. They were brought to the king, and the, the king said to them, Boys, he said, Look, if you don't bow down to this idol, I will have you thrown into a furnace of fire. I'm going to have you cremated alive. Now that would make most of our knees wobble. But these boys said to the king, King, don't worry about it. You don't have to play the music again. We're not going to bow. Is there that kind of faith at Kingsway this morning? The king said, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to play the music again, and you can bow, and it will all be forgotten. They said, King, don't worry about it. We're not going to bow. Our God is able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we will not bow. We're staying in this path. We're staying on this road that leads to life. Come on, somebody. You and I are going to face the challenge of the enemy from time to time. But you don't have to bow because your God is stronger. Your God is greater. Your God is able. And this morning, you and I serve the same God they serve. And we can have the same confidence that they had as they said to that king. We're not going to bend our knee. We're not going to worship this foreign God. The Bible said they were thrown into that fiery furnace. They were thrown into a furnace that was so hot that it killed the men who were working around it. And when they were thrown into that furnace, the king suddenly looked in and he leapt up out of his seat. And he said, wait a minute. He said, how many boys did we put in? Well, we put in three. He said, well, I see four. And the fourth man looks like the son of God. And the Bible says that they were walking around and they were loose. Come on, somebody. They were walking in the midst of the fire. You and I this morning have a God who will show up in the fire and give you the grace to walk on, to walk forward, toward your miracle, toward your blessing. They were walking and they were loose. And this morning, God wants you to know you can walk and be loose. You don't have to be bound. And you can enjoy the presence of God even in the hottest of adversities in your life because your God has promised you when you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible said when they brought those boys out of that fire that not even the smell of smoke was upon them. Come on, somebody. That's the power of God. 
toward you, toward me. What did they do? They walked. They kept walking. In the face of adversity, in the face of their challenge, what are you going to do this year? Are you going to walk when you're tempted to faint? Are you going to walk when you're tempted to fail? Are you going to walk when you're tempted to run away? God says, if you will walk, you will be a walking miracle. You will see my glory. You will see my power. You will see my deliverance. Come on, Kingsway. God said, it's simple. Just walk. Just go forward. One step at a time. Take a step toward wisdom. A step toward love. A step toward obedience in God. A step toward faith. Because the Bible says we walk by faith. And not by sight. I said we walk by faith, not by what we see, but by what we know, by the fact that God has spoken over our life and that his word cannot fail. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to encourage you this morning to say yes to Christ, to make a decision to walk with God. Maybe this morning you say, preacher, I don't know how to do that. This morning, Jesus Christ is calling to you, friend, and he says, follow me. It's just that simple. The Bible says if you will confess your sin to God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. You can begin your walk with God this morning. It's as simple as saying yes to him. Don't put him off. Don't put him off for another day because the path you're on Without Jesus, it's a path that leads to death. It's a path that leads to destruction. There's a better way this morning. I said, there's a better way this morning. His name is Jesus. And he's calling to you, and he says to you, give me your heart. Give me your trust. I won't fail you. I'll be truer to you than any man or woman could ever be. God's promise to you is this, that if you will come to him, he will under no circumstances turn you away. This morning, if you're not walking with Jesus, I want to invite you to say yes to him. Invite you to make a decision to walk with God. To make this day the first day, the first step to say, I'm going to live for God. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And I'm going to pray for you. Then I'm going to make an invitation this morning. Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that if there is any within the sound of my voice who doesn't know you as their Savior, who are walking in the path of their own making, the path that seems right to them, but that path is leading to destruction. It's leading to waste and wasted life and wasted time. I pray this morning that they would have the conviction of the Holy Spirit to turn to Jesus. That they would say yes to Christ. That they might experience his power in their life. I ask you in Jesus' name to bring conviction of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Let no man be able to ignore the voice of the Spirit any longer. But let every heart that's been called say yes. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the first invitation this morning. If you say, Pastor Isaac, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to walk with God. I need his wisdom. I want to know his love. I want to know his light.
I want to know the forgiveness of my sins. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor Isaac, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I need him. This morning, Jesus is yours for the having. He's yours for the taking. If you'll say yes to him. I see your hand there. Anybody else this morning who would say, Preacher, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ this morning. I need a new way of living. Jesus is that way. He's calling to you this morning. He says, come. Come just like you are. Come broken. Come disappointed. Come sick. He'll take every part of you that's broken and make it whole. He'll say yes to him. Anybody else out there that would say yes to Christ? I'm going to ask one of the elders of the church to come and pray with this gentleman back here, please. Who's raised his hand. Brother George, if you'll do that. Here's the second invitation. For you this morning who said, Pastor Isaac, I want to be a walking miracle. I don't want to give up and I don't want to stop. I want to keep moving toward my breakthrough. I want to keep moving toward my victory because I know I'm just that close. And this morning as you put your step forward, God says, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to back you up with favor. I'm going to back you up with power. I'm going to back you up with open doors and opportunities. I'm going to back you up with health in your body. If that's you this morning, just come into this altar. Make that step this morning to say, I'm going forward with God. I'm going forward toward my destiny. Forward toward freedom. Forward toward victory. It's time to walk. It's time to walk. If he had said run, maybe not everybody could run. But he said walk. I want to make you a walking miracle. This breakthrough season in your life. It's not going to be as difficult as the last one. Because you're walking by faith. You're walking in the power of an almighty God.